Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks so much for you being you and for you being here with us today. We want today to be a day of transformation for you. You see, the exciting thing about it is is that when we hear the word transformation, we think of massive things. We think of a change that's going to be so huge that from the moment it happens, you will be completely transformed, you know, like a caterpillar going from a butterfly. And... And I do think there are times like that, you know, that that happens in our lives. But more often than not, transformation is very small increments. It's little tiny needlepoint shift upon little tiny needlepoint shift until when you look back, you see how massive that transformation is. But, um, you know, like you said, there are a few rare incidences where we have moments in our life that instantaneously transform who we are and how we show up forever in the world. But most of the time, it's going to be a series of events that then when we look back, the person that we once were um, would be unrecognizable to who we are now today. So today is your day of transformation. Now we've got some really exciting big guests that are going to be on the show today that are going to share with you some amazing, um, mind-blowing, really, things about transformation. Um, And I am really excited to help you be able to take the situation that you're in. And that's the important part. I really want you to hear that is we, all of us, are in the process of transforming from something to something. Sometimes that's good, sometimes that's bad. But most of you, I'm sure, that are listening, you have a goal. You have something that you're becoming that is positive and powerful. Um, And what you need to understand, what we want to show you today, what we want to talk to you about today, is the whole concept of what it's going to take to transform, to visualize that within yourself first, and then to begin to take actions that really truly do transform you from where you were to where you're going, from where you are now in that process, to the wonderful, amazing person that you are becoming. And that's a big piece of it. So it all starts with our mind. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick it off and, and talk a little bit here at the, you know, at the front of all of this about the concept of transformation. There are people much better than me that are gonna be talking about that later on here. And yes, I am intentionally keeping them as a little bit of a secret for you until just a little bit deeper into the show. I know that's a cheap trick to keep you listening, but it'll be worth your time. I absolutely promise you. But um, transformation, it starts 
in between your ears. It starts in your head. You have to be able to visualize. You have to be able to conceive it. So we talk a lot about on the show about the phrase, what the mind can conceive and believe and can achieve. And so step one of that process of transformation is conceptualization. It's being able to even see it. Sometimes you're going to find that the vision that an amazing person that you hear from stage casts for you isn't really something that you can actually on a day-to-day basis really see. It's something you want. It's, It's inspirational. You probably even leave that event and you were convinced that you were going to be the next, you know, insert whatever that is there, you know, the next Oprah, the next, um, you know, Steve Jobs, the next Warren Buffett, the next whomever that might be that you were hearing um, or you were, they were giving an example about that inspired you and you're like, oh, I'm going to be like that, you know. I'm going to be Clara Barton. I'm going to be one of the very, very first female nurses ever. And then I'm going to, from that, create the American Red Cross. Um, and, you know, that inspiration is great. And, and I love those times when we can walk away and we can feel forever changed. But then we wake up the next morning, the next week, a month later, whatever, and we look at our lives and we're like, I thought I was changed forever. And and um, I just knew that I was going to do all these things. And as I begin to look at my life, I have made some changes, but I haven't made the kind of changes that can make me now a multi-billionaire investor like Warren Buffett is and just have that happen to me instantaneously. Well, that's where the rubber meets the road. And it starts, again, between your ears because sometimes the long-term vision, and I'm not telling you not to have it, have those goals. Put those pictures of those things and those inspirational people and the quotes. Put those up around you so that they can inspire you. But start off then by taking that enormous vision and breaking it down. There's an old saying that says, how do you swallow an elephant? How do you eat the elephant? Well, you eat the elephant one bite at a time. You can't swallow the whole thing. He's too big to swallow whole. But if you just simply take one bite at this big thing that you're meant to do and set it into small increments for yourself, those then become real. They become things that you can actually take action on and believe it. So again, we're talking about conceiving that transformation, not even the process, the actions of it. I've got people that are amazing that are going to be on here today. I know I'm teasing you again, aren't I? That are going to give you some really powerful action steps. But right now, I want you to just take the action step of taking this enormous vision and breaking it down into a small enough bite-sized piece that the step you're taking today, the step you're taking this month, this this uh, next three months, this next six months, is something that you actually can conceptualize so that you then can believe it. So that you're not saying... So, you know, take for example, um, one of the big things we are going to be talking about 
as an example of it is weight loss. Um, it's a very tangible, very real thing, and and uh, bless those of you who have never had to deal with it, but most of us in life have, at whatever degree we're at, had to deal with having weight that we wanted to lose. And if you, like myself, have an enormous number that you have to lose, um, and those of you that have seen me know, you know, I'm 400 plus pounds, um, you know, I've got a lot of weight to lose. Um, and if I start talking in terms of more than 200 pounds of loss, that's impossible to wrap your mind around because that's not something that you could lose next week. Um, or that if you, if there was somebody who sold you a, you know, here's how you could lose 200 pounds this week, um, even if that was real, which it isn't, <laughs> um, you know, that wouldn't be healthy for you. That wouldn't be good. And so to set unrealistic goals like that on yourself ends up creating failure before you start. However, if you talk about, hey, you know, what I want to do. So I'll talk about a really simple one that I'm doing right now in my life. Um, and, uh, you know, when it comes to weight loss, I am not your guru, to quote Tony Robbins. Um, I have a long ways to go. But um, the thing that I'm doing right now is I'm just simply trying to make sure that I do something as a breakfast. Breakfast has never been a big thing for me. And typically, the only times I do it uh, is when I'm really hungry and then I end, end up eating you know, something that I totally shouldn't. You know, you run through McDonald's and you grab, uh, you know, whatever thing from McDonald's. Um, and uh, and I suppose if you did it like Warren Buffett did, where all you're going to have is one little uh, sausage McMuffin and that's the only thing you're going to eat from, uh, you know, 6 o'clock in the morning until noon, that probably wouldn't be too bad. But if you're going to have that and then some hash browns and then the, and then the, and you know how it goes. Those of you that are in that place in life, you understand. And so um, I've really, I'm really proud of myself for the fact that over the course, I'm not talking about about a goal that I'm going to be starting, but rather one that I've been doing really good on these last couple of months. And that's just simply making sure that at breakfast time, you know, within that first two hours at the most of the time that you wake up, that I have something to eat, whether that be an isogenic shake um, or meal replacement bar, or I make some eggs for myself, or yes, even that I, you know, get something through a drive-thru. Uh, it's, it's the habit of it at this point, more so than critiquing the calorie intake and is it the best thing. And that's something that I'm succeeding at because I can I can see it. I can conceive it and then therefore believe it. So I hope that gives you an idea in whatever you're thinking is. It may not be weight loss. It may be a different type of transformation in your life. It may be that you're transforming from working um, in corporate to working from home, which is a huge transformation if you've been in corporate. I mean, it, it's one that I can't give you specific examples on, although I've brought you great guests like Renette that totally can share that with you. Um, you know, I've been self-employed 
all my life, really. <laughs> um, and so, but I do know because I've worked with enough people that have made that transformation. I know it's huge. And I know that there's steps along the line. You shouldn't um, just wake up tomorrow and say, I'm quitting my job. I have nothing else built, nothing else prepared, but I'm just going to be self-employed starting right now. <laughs> um, that would not be the recommended way. In fact, um, I love how Lisa Nichols puts it. She talks about um, keeping your day job as your investor until you get to the place where you no longer need that investor to invest in your business. And your business is at a place where you can, um, you know, you can move on from having that investor and uh, spending the time working that job to invest in your business. Um, and so each of those are are transformational things that you're doing that you can take small steps on rather than, again, trying to swallow the whole elephant at once. Um, and so we're going to talk this entire episode about transformation. Like I said, I've got some amazing guests that I'm going to be sharing with you today with some really salient advice that they're going to give you how you can move from where you are to where you're going in a small enough incremental step, but a powerful enough one that while you're doing it, you can live as a thriving entrepreneur. Don't go away. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur. Today, we are going to talk transformation. And I hope you've got a piece of paper and a pen and that you have and are ready to take some notes because we are ready to share some powerful things with you. Life can be so full of what ifs. So often we look back at the past but let me challenge you with the new what if today. What if tomorrow could be better? What if everything you dream of is still possible? I don't want to be the person who has to hold the, the whole for this today. And I'm so excited to introduce to you Kenya Elliott. She is an amazing transformed person herself who is going to blow your mind as we talk today about her book, What If? From Death to Destiny. Hi, Kenya. How are you today? I am phenomenal. I'm, I'm amazing. Thank you for having me, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. So 
we would be remiss without starting off with your story. So your <laughs> amazing transformational story. Oh, yes, I guess you're right. It's so funny. Um, my husband was just reading the book and he, he, it's every few seconds you could hear him gasp for breath, you know, and say, oh gosh, to read it. He said, I know that these things are real, but to see it on paper, to see it in black and white, he says it makes it so much harder, ruler. Um, and so four years ago, the, I shared my book, four years ago, I, I talk about a life that I lived for, to me, for 36 years, I lived in a life that was not really um, edified by hope and prosperity and passion and love and, and faith and honesty. I, I was surrounded by a lot of bad things. And so as a result, you know, um, I gained a lot of weight. A lot. I um, gained. I got sick one time. Gained weight. And I guess. I guess. I, I guess. I'm kind of struggling. I'm more even to go because I'm, I'm kind of all over the place. Um, even in my story right now, and that's mostly because there's so many facets to my story, Steve, that make it real but surreal. That sometimes I I, I don't know where to go with it. And so the part of my story that's speaking to my heart today that I want to share um, with your listeners and stuff. It's a part of my story when I was at death's door. I talk a lot about how I got to death's door and I, I share what it felt like on my way to death's door, but I want to talk about while at death's door, um, sitting, laying flat on my back, 592 pounds, gasping for death like I breathed for life at one point like I used to but more gasping for death because I was miserable I was broken despondent and basically praying to die and what the medical issues the hearts that the heart attack strokes um infections uh intubations uh surgeries none of those things even registered to me like a normal person anymore. I was sort of existing in a space waiting to die. And I had decided at one point when they told me that I was pretty bad off, that I was going to die with a full stomach. And I, I proceeded to live in that part of my life. And that's what, why my story to me is so hard. Because I was eating myself into the grave because I felt hopeless. It wasn't because I, I, I didn't have other options. It's because that's the option I wanted because that's what brought me the pleasure that I was seeking to get past the pain. And so after being given 30 days to live, ballooning to 592 pounds and finding myself um, completely dependent, um, needing caregivers 24 hours a day, as well as many um, ability to use the bathroom, to wipe myself, to bathe myself, to, to brush my own teeth, to clean my own ears. I had lost those abilities. And so my friend who lived across from me shared a nutritional cleansing program with me that she felt would help me. And I know everyone thinks that it's all about the nutrition and a deep, a, a great part of it is about the nutrition, but the other part is about our mind. 
And after releasing 450 pounds, one conclusion that I came to is my mind made a switch because I decided what if I looked at my history different and didn't bring it into my present? What if I did it a little bit different? What would the results of my life look like? And so today I sit in front of you, I, I, I talk to you guys, tell you listeners today, Steve, saying, I took a what if and made it a miracle. I am 450 pounds lighter. I can walk, I can talk, I can care for myself. I'm independent. I'm teaching, yo I'm teaching swim class and inspiring nations upon nations to get healthy and live a stronger, better, freer, heartfelt life. And I'm just excited about where I'm going next. What if? <laughs> it's so powerful. And usually we, we turn it around and use it the negative way, you know. If only life had been blah, 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 blah. Right. How did you come to the point where you were willing to see something different? What, what changed? Um, I, Steve, I think the thing that changed that made me have a willingness to look at what was different is I opened my eyes. And what I mean by that, can I share a quick story with you? Absolutely. Um, my my ex-husband, who is my friend to this day, the power, power of radical forgiveness, that went there for you. Um, but my, my ex-husband, who's my friend now, he, someone had, I was living in my car. I didn't know where to go. I was living in my car. And my car was parked in front of my husband's apartment at the time. So it's very important you understand the terminology here. I was still married to this gentleman. And all my things were in that car um, because I couldn't stay in that his apartment he didn't want me to necessarily move in i i could stay at his apartment when it was convenient for him but i could live there and for whatever reason i allowed that but when someone broke into my car and so everything i had it was all i had left steve it was everything steve do you understand what i'm telling you like imagine you and kathy taking everything you own all of your assets all of your retirement everything and putting it inside of your house and then someone coming over and burning down your whole house and you lose everything. So that's what it felt like when I returned to my car to find it empty because everything I owned was in that car. And my ex looked at me and said, oh, poor Kenya. Mm -hmm. That sent me to a space that was, it's like somebody cut on the light to the room that I had been living in, in the dark, that I was not, I did not deserve to be spoke to in a manner that I was a weakened individual, nor like an, a, a, not a human being. And I realized that two things happened in that situation. One thing was, if my husband was with, if my husband at the time was with another woman, there was no reason why I was, should have been with him. So why was I allowing myself to be to be a part of that situation, right? The second part, Steve, was that I realized that I was a lot smarter than allowing myself to be in a situation that I had gotten myself into because I thought I was not worth anything more. I thought that all I could get was what I had right in front of me and I could never have better. And when he said, oh, poor Kenya, a light cut on. 
and something in my body said, oh, I'm going to show you poor Kenya. And I never looked back. I filed for divorce. I got really focused in on my isogenics journey. I got focused on my mental health. I started using my two journals. I started doing three, two, one. I really honed in on how to make myself emotionally successful. And I made a choice. And it was don't look back, no matter what. That's very powerful. And I really appreciate that. Um, you know, the question always comes up. And I'm sure you hear this all the time when you're coaching people. Yes, but. <laughs> know what I mean? Yep. So you share that powerful story and all that you've been through. And then the response you get back from the person is, yes, but you don't understand what I've been through. <laughs> Talk to us a little bit about that. What do you say to people when they say, yeah, but you don't understand what I'm going through? I, I, I actually think that that's a common, I think that's an excuse. That's an excuse to accept the fact that our situation in all reality may or may not be any worse or better than the person next to us but they've decided to get up and fight and you haven't yet. I think we make that statement when it, cause it allows us to stay there longer and it allows us to believe the story we tell ourselves that we are a victim of our circumstances. So when we say, but you don't know my situation. No, I don't know exactly how you feel cause I'm not in your head. But if you have any form or level of pain, hurt, anguish, guilt, self-doubt, lack of worthiness, um, a lack of abundance, um, frustration. If you have any of those emotions, then, oh, yeah, I can relate because I've been there. And then on the other hand, Steve, unless you've knocked on death's door nine times like myself, there's not very many people that can, can be in my shoes and relate to me. So for that, I tell people, yeah. But my story is different, and so is yours. But that's why it's my skin, my story. But if you don't start somewhere, it'll never be your skin, your story. Very powerful, the step of starting. So you talked about the death end of things, but let's talk about the destiny. Where in the process from... Uh, you know, all the stuff that was going on, where in the process did you begin to see that you had a destiny? I noticed when I returned, um, there's a part of my journey, and I mentioned it in my book, I about I re returned to Kentucky for a little bit. Um, when they sent me to die, I, I actually, you know, started the system to get more energy to get to Kentucky to die so that I can be buried with my daughter. And I noticed when I returned, of course, I didn't pass away. Hello, I'm here. <laughs> but I noticed upon my return to Arizona that the same people who had saw me at my worst hour still loved me equally at one of my best hours. And they believed in me. <laughs> I didn't have any cars or fancy clothes or purses to give anyone to buy their friendship or to claim me as their sister all I had was me and for several friends they still believed in me they still accepted me they still loved me and it 
showed me that I had a, an ability to bounce back, that I had a, a, an ability to show others that you can get back up. And one day standing in the mirror, I realized I had lost the weight, but I wasn't inspired. So I start focusing on my self-development. And I saw my vision that I would inspire nations and nations of people to get healthy emotionally and physically, but more than anything, I would have a major impact in ending generational obesity because I don't think my story had to be a story. I think it, it could have been a different middle, ending, beginning, and it starts with knowledge and love and education within oneself. So I'm excited about my destiny. And it's only a tip of a hat. Not even a tip of a drop, but a tip of a hat. So what is needed in order to be able to break the cycle of intergenerational obesity? I think that we first and foremost have to admit honestly that there's an issue. But it's on two realms. We have to first admit there's an issue culturally. And most people think, oh, it's because I'm black, so I got to eat fried food. No, I'm not talking about that culturally. I'm talking about culturally how we, over generations, talk children out of the womb to be pacified with food. Every time a baby cries when they're smaller, we give them a bottle. We start at that point in which we are edifying a behavior that we don't recognize because when you're a busy, stressed out mom with a new baby, it's easier to give a baby a bottle, thus giving them the idea that every time the baby's upset, the baby should eat. I believe it starts that soon, Steve. I believe that it's education um, that is missing. And then on the other hand, there's a lack of nutrition that is in our everyday foods that we're purchasing from the market. It's known, it's out there, it's not, it's, it's not a secret. However, there's still a disbelief that you can get everything you need in a basic meal. And we know factually that isn't true. Even the people that produce those meals say that it's difficult to do. So um, I believe that with knowledge and a proper nutritional system, such as the nutritional cleansing program, I have been successful in losing 450 pounds on and completely turning my life around. Isogenics, I think that we are at a point in time where knowledge is powerful and you need to know what you're eating, what you're putting in your body, what toxins you're being exposed to and how to rid yourself of those. And when you put those two things together, the mind and the body and education, I believe that will get us on a true track to ridding and eradicating generational obesity. Mm, I love that. So let's give people just one little thing they can do. They got to get your book. That's number one. But somebody, Buy my book. <laughs> somebody who's just listening here and wants to take a first step. What's a first step that somebody right now, after they've heard this program, can begin to take a step to embrace their destiny and to move into a what if lifestyle that is empowering to them and helps them break that cycle of obesity in their life. I would say get into action now. Don't make, don't go another day. Like literally in this, in hop off this, hop off the listening, hop off the recording, hop off of your station and get in action. Pick up the phone, reach out to myself. If you're, you're wanting to get healthy, get, get, have a coach for accountability. But if nothing else, admit to yourself that you're broken. 
accept that you may not be where you want it to be, where you think you should be, where you desire to be, and sit in that for a while. Sit in that, sit in the fact that maybe you've been pretending to be in a lifestyle that really isn't the one for you. And accept that, and upon accepting, then act. Write that down and act upon it. Reach out, find five people and get going. Get into action because nothing matters. If I inspire you, that's great. But if I don't inspire you to act, then my job has not been done. So take action. And again, the number one action you can take is get Kenya's book, What If? From Death to Destiny. That's by Kenya Elliott, best-selling author. Get it on Amazon today. Kenya, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on the show today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Get the book, guys. You won't regret it, I promise. Sometimes the guests that I bring you are so amazing and their story is so incredible that I have to take a minute like right now and reiterate a couple of points for you so that you can understand Kenya was just sharing with you a transformation where she was literally a death store. She was less than 30 days away, according to the doctors, from the end of her life. She had reached the 600-pound mark and had decided that she wanted to die full, to not want to have, you know, to have that desire to eat be a misery she has to go through in these last few minutes of her life. And from that, one small step at a time, she's transformed herself to the point where she's in the 150s now, or less than that, I think, actually now. Um, an amazing, amazing transformation. And I wish you could see a picture of her. Um, I hope you'll look at it on the website because it is just mind-blowing to see where Kenya came from and what she's done. And it all took that one little step at a time until she's now at a place where she can show up powerfully in your life and help you be able to make that transformation that you have as your goal so that you can live as a thriving entrepreneur. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today as we help you make that shift 
to transform, to go from where you are now to the amazing future that you have. I remember a transformation that happened in my life. It was a mental game that happened. I had some really exciting things happening with the radio show, with Thriving Entrepreneur, and I had had some amazing guests. And then one day, I realized that the guest that I was getting ready to interview was Lisa Nichols. That Lisa had been on the Oprah show twice, on Larry King, and the list goes on. You know, now she does guest spots on Dr. Phil's show. And I was like, wow, look at the group of people and the amazing shows that this wonderful lady's been on, and I get to be in that group. And that was a light bulb shift moment for me to be able to see where the show is at. And so this is just an excerpt from the whole entire show that I had with Lisa, where she specifically is going to outline for you steps on how to transform. I hope you have that paper and pen and are ready to take notes because now is your time to learn how to transform yourself. Let's talk about this word transformation. What does it even mean to transform? You know, you know, Steve, I appreciate that question. And one of the things that I'm very clear on is I love this conversation that we're having today. And though it's launched in health, transformation really is to um, morph from where you are to where you want to be, you know, uh, and when you are transforming inside the, uh, towards your intention. Now, there's digression transformations. We've, we've seen people's lives transform into something that we didn't recognize uh, for the worse. But a transformation for your intention is to, um, to let go of an old, um, to let go of an old that doesn't mean that the old was bad. It just means that it's outdated. You're ready for your now version now. Yesterday I was at my grandmother's house, and um, I just walked in, and after I grew up in the house, she's had the house since, I don't know, since, you know, the, the early 60s, and I just said, I bet she's ready for a transformation. And I was ready, a home transformation. I was ready to fight because I thought she wanted to hold on to every little nick and cranny of mm -hmm. uh, ornament that she had. And, and I introduced the idea to her. I said, Grandma, what would you be willing to let go so we can transform your house? And she looked at me and she said, well, baby, everything. <laughs> and then mm -hmm. for the next hour, for the next hour, she said, except that, except that, except that, <laughs> except that. And um, and 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 really, she was ready for a an environment transformation. So it's the first the willingness to identify a transformation is needed. Meaning, I want to move to another place. So that's the first thing, a mental shift. You have to acknowledge that you need it or want it or both. That's first. The second thing is to identify what the it looks like. If you don't have a clear picture of what your transformation, what the other side, what across the finish line looks like. If you don't have a clear picture, then you're running and working for something ambiguous, and you will run out of gas every single time, see? So the first thing is to identify it. Uh, what is it? What's the it that you want? The second thing is to get very clear on what it looks like. So when people say, I want a better life, that's too ambiguous. I want more finances. That's too ambiguous. I want love. That's too ambiguous. I want health. That's too ambiguous. You need to get detailed. You need to get down to the, you know, my saying, I want to be 45 pounds lighter. I want to release 45 pounds in five months. I was very clear. You know, I didn't know the day of the month, but I knew the month. I knew it was the month of May, 
and 45 pounds was the number. So you need to get crystal clear because it's very difficult to, to hit a moving target. And then the third thing that you need to do is you need to understand the how. Most people set a New Year's resolution on, you know, New Year's Day, you know, December 31st, January 1st, and literally by March 31st they barely can remember it or they're trying to forget it because they didn't set a clear how to get there, and now they're not in movement on a consistent basis. Therefore, they're frustrated, they're disappointed, a little bit embarrassed, and they don't want to talk about. Um, So normally by June, we're not even talking about the goals anymore at all. Normally it's March 31st, they kind of peter out, but by June, they're obsolete. And so that's because we didn't determine the how-to. We didn't look at what are the action steps and what are the milestones that show us we're heading in the right direction, that your GPS that you set up leading to the goal that you set up uh, is taking you in the right direction. And then the fourth thing is, we need to have a group of people holding us accountable, which is what makes NN90 so delicious and so beautiful and so unique is that as a group of people, we need to have a group of people, whether it be two or whether it be 10 or whether it be in our case, you know, a few hundred that's saying, hey, I align with you. I align with you with that transformation. I'm going to cheer you on. And NN90 doesn't necessarily do this, but you want an inner circle that's going to go a step further and, and hold you accountable when you slip up and say, hey, hey, Steve, you said you wanted to release another 70. How can I support you? Because the tongue in your mouth and the tongue in your shoe are not going in the Mm -hmm. same direction if you decide you want to go out and grab another whole pizza by yourself. Like someone needs to love you enough to say, hey, you know, are, are you still for this goal? Because your actions are not in alignment with what you're saying. And that's why we have Coach Anthony in our life. That's why he's valuable. That's why he said that I was resistant. I was resistant because he was, in my in my life and responsible for holding me accountable to my goal. And he, it was his job to get in my heart, in my space, and in my face when necessary. And then the fifth thing on this journey, I hope you guys are writing this down because I'm just rattling off the top of my head, so there are no notes. Um, the fifth thing that you need to do is celebrate yourself. Like celebrate yourself in a, in a way that's in alignment with your goal. So if your goal is to release weight, don't celebrate with a cupcake. Don't celebrate with a party. Mm -hmm. Celebrate with something else. So I would celebrate. I would celebrate with, you know, having friends over and, you know, having skinny teenies. You know, I don't drink, so it's real easy for me to to substitute something. But having skinny teenies, which, you know, was an apple juice and a little bit of, you know, know, something that has a fizzle in it, you know, like a, a soda water or something and putting a cherry in it and celebrating my first 25 and celebrating my second 25, you know, then celebrating the third 20, you know. So just kind of inside of being celebrated. We're under-celebrated. We're under-acknowledged as a people. And so when we – we're like three-year-olds, Steve. We're like three-year-olds. Mm-hmm. What, what gets celebrated gets repeated. What gets celebrated gets repeated, which is another reason why in a 90 is so beautiful. I would post my workouts in the morning, and I couldn't wait. I'd wait all day, and I couldn't wait at night. I'd sit in bed. And I'd go back and I'd look at all the comments because they inspired me. And I made sure I, I was on like a little ritual. I worked out in the morning, post my workout, not every morning, twice a week. And at, at that night, as I sat in bed before I went to sleep, I would allow the last thing I heard were all the acknowledgments from everyone. So it was the last thing I did before I closed my eyes. 
I read all the acknowledgments from everyone that day, whether it was 14 or whether it was 140. I read the acknowledgments so that I went to bed with all of that, that acknowledgement in my spirit and my soul and my heart, and that served as my fuel for the next morning. So those five things were the things that uh, are things that bring forth a transformation, and a transformation overall is the commitment to morph your life, your your experience into something that's potentially barely recognizable for the better. You can hear all of the interview with Lisa and Anthony as they talk about the program that Lisa used to be able to release the weight that she lost and more things having to do with transformation. Um, You know, I was going through the archives. I wanted to bring you another person who powerfully talks about transformation. And I don't know that I have had a much more powerful conversation with anybody than the conversation that I had with Matt Gill when we were talking about the launch of his book and the very powerful transformation he had gone through. And we were able to really dig deep into what does it really take for you to be able to transform. There's such a key in there that I think we often, uh, you know, we overlook it because of the fact that we're in our, we're so deep in our stuff and we've just become so comfortable with the ick that, uh, you know, that we don't do the work. And, and, and the fact of the matter is, is that if you're going to make a change, if you're going to have more, be better, First, you do have to do, like you say in your book, you have to give yourself grace and give yourself a thousand second chances, but then you got to do the work, you know, and that's what the whole get it part is about is, okay, um, I want more or I see the possibility of more in myself, but now I got to do the work. Now now I got to get to work. And it's not always easy. And, and I'll be honest, the work, the work is not easy. But in order to, to get the benefits of, of, of loving yourself and reconnecting, you definitely, definitely have to do the work and take the steps. And, but also, as you're doing the work, one of the big keys is celebrate your, celebrate your wins. Celebrate the growth that, that, you were, um, that you're making. And um, I, I take more time to celebrate now. The, um, some of the smaller um, smaller steps that I'm making. Um, I wish I had done even more celebration as I went through the process. Uh, I may have done it, been able to get there sooner, quicker, faster. Um, but I definitely feel that as you do the work, as you take a look at your big goals, break them down into smaller goals. You know, what are some of the, the smaller things, the, the small baby steps? In, in Motivating the Teen Spirit, we have a lesson called 5%. And taking it 5% at a time um, and, and breaking down the smaller goals. And as you, as you complete that, that small step, celebrate that step. Sometimes just a, a celebration could be waking up in the morning. You know, when I was in my dark places and going through depression, um, sometimes just getting out of bed is a huge celebration. You know, getting outside of the house and just feeling the sun on my face feeling the warmth of the wind blowing, you know, through my hair, just the sound of the people outside, like that alone could be a celebration. Getting to work on time, you know, in, in a joyful mood, that can be a celebration. Um, you know, now my celebrations are, you know, I, 
I've got so much stuff on my plate that now I, I break down my projects into small little bits, and as I begin to complete one of the one of the sets, like, I, and I check off my little checkbox on there, I get excited, like, woohoo! Like I'm gonna go do something just to make me happy, or to or go give, you know, to talk to somebody, or, or do something to celebrate, to acknowledge that win, um, and 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 it gets me more excited to do the next thing and to kind of continue on. So do the work, but also celebrate yourself. Um, you know, we don't we don't do that enough in this world, I believe. Um, you know, we're we're always looking on like we finish something and then we're on to the next thing, and then we're on to the next thing. We get overwhelmed, and it isn't until we it is very few times where we actually take a look back and and celebrate. Wow, you know, to get to this goal, to finish this particular project, there was forty other steps that I had to complete. And I didn't celebrate any of that 40 because we're always trying to get to the that that end of it. Um, so celebrate yourself as as you go along. And um, you know I'm I'm turning 40 in a couple weeks and uh, very excited. And so for the month of February, I am taking every day and doing something to celebrate um, birthday month and very intentional about celebrating. Uh, either being having a meal with a friend or a family, or doing something that I like, going to the beach, um, taking a walk on the beach, and just getting regrounded and rejuvenated. Um, because I realize the value of of celebration. And um, you know, if there was one point I didn't think I was going to make it to forty, um, but here I am. And so that in itself is a big celebration. <laughs> I think that uh, the more that we find ways to celebrate ourselves, especially as business people, you know, um, you know, when you go to work for a company, if you hit a particular goal, if the company hits, you know, their annual revenue goal or whatever, the company by nature typically has, you know, Christmas parties or those kind of celebrations. It's kind of built into the culture of most companies. But as entrepreneurs, we tend to forget that, and and we or we we say to ourselves, you know, as soon as I get an employee, then I'm going to give this employee, uh, you know, special Starbucks gift certificates and things like that. But the thing about it is, is if if we don't do that to for ourselves as our very first employee, uh, you know, time will go by and we'll we'll look back and we'll have five or ten or fifteen employees, and it'll be like. Man, I was gonna do more. I was gonna show them how much I appreciate them more, but I didn't start it out from the beginning doing that. Right. You have to treat yourself like the way. I mean, the the how how do you treat how you treat others, or how you treat yourself is really how you're going to treat others as well. Um, and I think for um, as you begin to to acknowledge yourself, it'll become much easier. To acknowledge others in 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 your life, whether that be your your employees or your your team that you work with, um, and that can even be like some of the contractors for entrepreneurs. A lot of times they'll have uh, virtual assistants or or team members that really aren't in their presence. But even just like an acknowledgement over the phone, like you know, I truly appreciate the work that you're doing and the dedication. Or um, and and that that really does start with yourself. You know, when you acknowledge yourself for, you know, for the work that you're doing, um, especially as an entrepreneur, 
Um, you know, we don't really have those people that 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 can celebrate us or can acknowledge us. And so, acknowledge yourself. And sometimes society thinks that that's arrogant or or trained. You know, not to not to be be proud of 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 ourselves. Um, but it starts with you. And if you can if you can acknowledge yourself first, I think it it makes it a lot easier to acknowledge other people as well. Matt, of course, has an amazing best-selling book, Got It, Get It, Give It. Um, you should pick that up on Amazon if you haven't yet. And, of course, you can listen to the whole entire show with Matt as well. Um, you know, there is so much we covered, both him sharing his life story as well as really talking about the things that he does on a daily basis to help people make those shifts, to transform uh, he works a lot with teens and helps them be able to sometimes for the first time see that transformation is possible and that it's something that was meant for them. So maybe if you're really struggling with the, hey, how do I even conceptualize it? Um, you know, hopefully what Matt already shared will really uh, reach down and help you. But if you need more, you can listen to that episode of Matt's. Our whole goal here is just to help you make just a needlepoint shift, just a little shift towards living your ultimate life and being a thriving entrepreneur. We'll be right back. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business. Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening today to Thriving Entrepreneur. How amazing were all three of our guests? How much difference can you see and feel within yourself of the possibility? And now I want you to really take the time, do it today, to really outline the big goal. Keep that goal. Have that in your mind, but then the small incremental steps that you can take, the things that you can see, you can truly conceive, and that you can then fully and 100% believe that they can happen. Here's the thing. We listen to people who have gone through amazing transformations, and it inspires us. Um, But it also has a tendency for all of us to blow our minds so much that we can go the other direction with it. And we can be like, yeah, but I'm not at Lisa Nichols' level. I'm not at Matt Gill's level. Heck, I'm not even at Kenya's level yet. 
I have such huge things that I want to do, but I'm so far behind that, and then we end up giving up. Have you ever had that message with yourself? Have that conversation in your own brain? Well, here's the thing. You are also somebody's Lisa Nichols. You are somebody's Kenya. The things that you've already come through and you've succeeded at is the exact thing that somebody needs help with. And so it is our, I'm going to even use this word, it's our responsibility to share with others what we've learned so far. It's good for us because putting it down helps really solidify it in our own minds. But more importantly, what you've been through, the message that you have to share, the life, both the struggles and the victories, they're not for you. They're meant to be there to help somebody else. And so in order to do that, you need to get that message down. And as long as you're going to write a book, why not make it a bestseller? So here's the thing. We have Bestsellers Guild. You can go to bestsellersguild.com. You've heard the commercials this whole entire show where I've been talking about it. But I need you to understand clearly. It's more than just Kathy and I advertising. It's something that we're passionate about. Because both Kathy and I know to the core of ourselves that you are uniquely brilliant. You were created very much on purpose, for a purpose. And that the world needs, not just wants, but needs you. Here we have the opportunity to be able to share ourselves, to share our message with the world. If you just join us at Bestsellers Guild, you can go on Facebook and look up Bestsellers Guild, or you can go to bestsellersguild.com. Um, you know, there's just a ton of information that we give away in that group. Kathy is a massively major, mind-blowing, awesome coach, and she gives a lot of free tidbits in that group, um, as well as we can help you begin the journey and get to the place where you write that book, where you become a best-selling author, and where the things that you've been through have a purpose because they serve someone else. And that's the best transformation we can have. I hope that this has really inspired you today, that it will help you live more and more as a thriving entrepreneur. And until next time, have a great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. You've heard Kathy and I talk about it. You've seen the workshops. You have watched as others of your friends have become a best-selling author. And now it's your turn. Let me ask you this. What would being a best-selling author do for your business? Over 80% of people surveyed said that they want to write a book, which means that if you're listening, you probably are one of those people. Now is your time because you have a message that needs to be shared. That message is not for you. It's not for your ego. It is because it serves other people. 
Kathy and I are here to help you share your unique brilliance with the world. All you need to do is go to wehelpyouthrive.com, check us out, and find out how you can be a best-selling author today.